just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Good old boys. I'm Mark. Bog beef. Fredo. This is, uh, I don't know. You got to be right. I don't know. If, no. No. This is a bad day. I guess we've still got it. Let's get that money. <laughs> Obviously, uh, there, there's no reason to start bullshitting. Uh, Donald Trump arrested today. And I got to tell you, like, this don't feel like nothing. This don't feel like anything. Mm. I don't know why. It's It's just been there's. We've done, we've been doing this stuff for a long time, even though this is a huge milestone. It's a milestone. We yeah, agree. It's never, it's never happened before. The, the libs are like Mr. Miyagi. You know what I mean? They're trying to teach us that politics is serious. Yeah. They're, they're, you're not listen. You're not seeing any stuff like, well, we're not really seeking, uh, jail or no you're not hearing that at all now like 400 years he's 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 got he's four you know 400 years maximum sentence yes uh roach vd cases i think they have no self-control well there is no self-control this is not and this is very hard for right wing to understand but um they're they're a mob and it's really like patronage networks and stuff there, there's all kinds of different people that have different things they want out of this i mean let's be straight first off oh the media loves this shit oh yeah the circus i mean this is the, gonna this is gonna be the actual trial of the century yeah this is peaks this is that's the thing that's got me like i have to force myself to get hyped for this because you know uh we've been dealing with the circus for a long time and you know, if this was probably three years ago or four years ago, I would have got hot and I would have said, uh, you know, damn it, Trump, you need to um, you need to, to flee to uh, your supporters, round up supporters, get them in the streets. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he had that chance in 2020. He didn't do it. Uh, here, here's the thing. Here's the only the only question I have. And. and you know, I, I I'm glad we got our lawyer back because, to me, this this looks these charges look different. And this doesn't look like like you could say the brag stuff was piddly bullshit. You could say a lot of stuff they've gone after was piddly bullshit. This does not look like that. And if the stuff in the in the uh, uh, like the arraignment is true, uh, it seems to me like he's in trouble. Fredo, what do you think? I mean, it's so hard to say because you're talking about laws that aren't enforced. Uh, So, like, everybody can say, like, well, he violated this statute or that statute. And then the big thing currently right now is, like, how does the obligation to protect classified information interplay with the Presidential Records Act? Nobody knows because nobody's bothered to do something like this before. So anybody that tells you that they know, they don't. Nobody knows, right? Like, this is all, like, this is all new stuff in terms of like how it's actually applied in the real world. So, I mean, it's, it's honestly really difficult to say he could go to jail. Uh, you know, I've said it on the show before, if he goes to jail, he'll die there, obviously. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what their plans are like, uh, in terms of this. I mean, best case for them is, uh, they, you know, it's tricky, right? Because like 
he's he's going to be the nominee, of course. So if he wins, can he pardon himself? Like that's another question that nobody knows the answer to. You know, you know what I mean? Um, probably. And you know, he would try to do that if he were to win. But I mean, it doesn't seem. What's funny about this is like maybe that's the only thing that would possibly motivate him to work hard enough to try to win the election because like his <laughs> generally he doesn't care right like he won't bother to do all the stuff that you actually have to do all the uninteresting stuff I've talked about it on the show a million times we all have like making sure you have people on the ground harvesting ballots watching polling places like all that really just totally uninteresting stuff that he doesn't care about and you know geniuses will tell you if you say that well he's not supposed to he's supposed to hire people to do that but the problem is he doesn't care enough to hire the right people to do that maybe he will if that's the only way he avoids going to jail well, i don't know here's the big thing that in this is a problem not just it's problem for for not just for him but his enemies is that okay let's say they do i like for one thing it, it's we're a, we're a year and in what a year and a half basically away from the election so are are they even really going to I mean there's no way there's going to be a verdict before before the election. I mean right? they the t- typically no, but like there's so much that's unprecedented about this they could try to do a really speedy trial. They could do that. But I mean one issue is unless it was resolved later today is that he can't get a lawyer because no yeah. one will rep- no one will represent him. So and, and there's a good reason for that because they're making his lawyers testify against him, right? Well, yeah, yes, but so, I mean, it's a little bit of a hairy issue there. So, but that issue wouldn't come into play with respect to defending him in this criminal trial. So there's an exception to the attorney client privilege, the crime fraud exception, where like, if you're a lawyer and you continue to help your client perpetuate an act of fraud, that's the exception. And that's how they're getting all these people to testify or being able to force them to testify. I mean, like you can like Trump and you know, like he's just done whether it's serious or if it's anything that tons of other people don't do, of course. I mean, those are all very valid concerns, but the bottom line is like, he's playing in gray areas and he's using lawyers to help him assist him through that area. Right. Like, so even if I give you an example, like even something that's, uh, what was his first lawyer that testified against him? Was that Cohen? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, you know, probably a safe bet. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) I don't, I think it's stupid to prosecute somebody for that whole like weird thing, the paying off Stormy Daniels thing. It's ridiculous. Right. But it was against the law, no matter how ticky tack and Cohen did assist him in doing something that he knew at least in the technical sense was against the law. So you, that's part of what you risk when you do that, right? Like that, that, I mean, Cohen even was the bag man for the money. You know what I mean? That was actually yeah. very, that was actually very stupid. So that, uh, you know, you do risk losing the privilege when you do that. I actually, and you can maybe say I'm naive. I don't know. I don't think they would actually even attempt to go that route for someone providing a criminal defense for someone that has already been charged. Forget about just like that. That would be so extreme that it, you just, you lose all sheen of credibility, right? Like with these existing ones that are happening now, lawyers testifying against him, what, whatever you think of it, they have a, honestly, in the technical sense, pretty strong 
case for that under that crime fraud exception. Again, the the argument against it is like, how often do we really use that exception? And that's fine. But there is like something in writing that's been around that predates Donald Trump that you can point to and say, this is why this is permissible. If you go after somebody that's like providing someone's criminal defense, you know what I mean? Like criminal defense for acts already committed. Now you're in an area where like you don't have anything to point to. That's banana, like literally banana republic territory. Right? Yeah, and and they we're not there like right now. Exactly. That's the this is all right. Here's the problem, and you know, it doesn't it doesn't justify what they're doing, but like he 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 made he made mistakes that aren't forgivable, not because of what he did, but like you you know these people are after you. You can't do this, some of the stuff that he did. Like this, and say the stuff that he said to people because you know they're after you, right? And that's what like people should really be like. That's the thing to really be mad at him for. Not that you hit the nail on the head. Not that he did what he did, but he was so stupid. Uh, like he didn't even like he just did so many things. He wasn't like, oh yeah, he did this. You know, extra. He was engaged in this extra legal activity, but. It was stuff he had to do to win or if it was stuff he had to do to get these certain things done. No, yeah. it wasn't anything like that. It was just sheer stupidity and ego. It had like you know what I mean? Like there was nothing that like that any of this ties to any sort of goal that you know you would want like if you're one of his polit- if he's you know if, if you have a patronage relationship with Donald Trump like there's nothing that this that any of these actions did in furtherance of delivering something for you. You know what I mean? Like nothing or I mean, and it didn't even nor was it stuff that he had to do to like stay in power. You know what I mean? Either it was was already out of power. (laughs) Yeah, right. Or even the the goofy falsification of business records thing that he the earlier one, the real ticky tack one. The way he went about it was just really dumb. Like, like, even if you're like, oh, like, okay, well, it's reasonable if he wants to be in public life that he has to cover up his extramarital affairs like there were like way smarter ways to do that you know what i mean like well like that was just like done just so totally inelegantly yeah i, uh, I think yeah i always pay pay prostitutes in bitcoin um <laughs> so a lot of this is about so i know a lot of people have different reactions especially we're in the middle of the campaign and a big thing about Trump is that your feeling on Trump is kind of like depending on what you wanted out of him. Because like, if you want memes, he's, he's there's never going to be anybody as good as him. If you want somebody, and then, you know, there's people that say like, well, you know, politics is bullshit anyway. So, or it's bullshit in a way that like, um, you just need somebody that's going to expose things, expose the left and, and say things that other people don't say and stuff like that he's good at that too that that may be a legitimate way to look at politics i think what we're all sitting around here looking at now is we're watching uh we're watching the letter come from rome saying uh please present yourself at rome for trial and he what he's not caesar maybe and like the left is is doing their best to try to turn him into Caesar by like making him do this in self defense, which I mean, and the, the you know the thing that the left is trying to teach us is that politics is, uh, be, because you know like there's something that like I feel like would be more 
would be more important to say if this was years ago, which is that uh, this is completely wrong to do this. I mean, th- this this is like really uh, this is like in the old way yeah. of politics. It's 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 absolutely now it's not written down specifically anywhere. I'm sure there's stuff in like the Federalist Papers or something on these things like this. But um, so when you do the democracy thing, this is one of the reasons why. Like uh, so, uh, people like presidents are essentially like the law doesn't really mean anything to a president because they are the law. Uh, this was, this was kind of a specific, this is how Rome sort of specifically worked. Uh, they, they just are the will of the people so that they are like, they, they carry those votes around with them and all now that's, that's just, that's when they're, when they're, when they're in office. But I mean, now when you're talking about a guy running for office, you know, th- this is just clearly a-, a hack. It's like, well, why would you, why do I need to run against someone which who has masses of support? Because when you're, when you're putting him in jail, you're not putting Donald Trump in jail. You're putting in jail all mm-hmm. the all the hopes and dreams and votes and money that would come from his supporters. You're doing that, which is very common around the world, by the way. This is what happened. Like, in the Brazil, like the last last two guys that put each other in jail after a, a W. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is, this, this is not unexpected at all. This is like, like life isn't that varied. You know what I mean? Uh, it's kind of like, um, we had a lot of NBA talk the other day. I don't know if you saw, uh, uh, someone post up a thing that said, wow, this Jokic has a strange personality for an athlete. (laughs) I, you know, I, when I did my speech on that, I I was like, no, that's, who's going to care about that? I don't know that people, people were posted about it. Like, yeah, Bach beef was right about that. Yeah, so I, I I did the redid the thing there, but um, there's another there's another axiom about NBA players. Uh, you ever see NBA players fight? Yeah, it happens all the time. Not as much as it used to, but yeah, yeah. Uh, if NBA players fight, and like most of the time, this happens like in practice and stuff. But there are there is always like journalists around and stuff, so it it ends up in the news. Uh, if NBA players fight, it's always over a woman or a gambling debt. <laughs> like you know when they're I mean? fighting in practice, that's what's really over. Yeah, is that why Michael Jordan? You think why he really put Steve Kerr? Did he he he, he beat him in gambling too much? Uh, I mean, Michael Jordan is a huge gambling DJ. It, yeah, yeah, and so uh, you know, things just aren't that varied. There isn't that many ways to go, and so you know, when you look at situations like this, these like you have the elections. Uh, well, this is like one of the, one of the, the big buttons. It's like one, everybody's sort of figured this out for thousands of years. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot easier to win an election if you can just put someone uh, in jail. Yeah. And, and so if, I mean, whatever you're under a rock, we'll just go over. Uh, so the indictment was 31 counts of violating the espionage act, which is, is that law interesting by itself? It's, it's one of those laws, that, like uh, in better times, the libs pretty much regarded as unconstitutional because it would frequently be used that way during times of war. People would be would, would catch bullshit charges. But by the way, like you know, the people who like, um, and so the only reason I said that that's like uh, all that stuff I just said. Well, that doesn't really mean anything right now because, like, generally, what you would expect is you'd have people that are that are polarized. They're on the left and the right. That they're just going to say whatever. If you're if you're a Trump guy, you're gonna or you're on the right, you're gonna say, well, this is this is not this is not this is you can't arrest people for this. And if you're on the left, you're gonna say, yeah, it's good to arrest people for this. But then you had all these moderate people in the middle that are, well, this this is kind of breaking norms. 
This is out. This is out. This is sort of out of left field. We don't really do things like this. Well, you go listen. There's nobody like that. There's none of these people. Moderates don't like him either. That's the thing. Well, we, I mean, moderate doesn't, we don't have that anymore. We don't have moderates. Uh, now moderate is just sort of like, uh, it's, it's just an extreme. It's, it's a, just another extreme polar thing, which is the people that are just into like the war and stuff. They don't care about woke. They don't, they, you know, they don't care about Bud Light either way. They just want more war. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get uh, what you're saying. Yeah. So like, you know, that, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing about this. Yes. You should, you shouldn't be arrested for this, but the, the, you know, all that, all that shit is gone. There, the, all this dorm stuff, it's gone. And, um, you know, you, you can't spend too much, too long, uh, pissing about this, you know, and as we, the people, we want somebody that's going to fuck things up. I mean, I, I don't know. If that's, I don't know. If that's how you guys feel. Like my whole feeling on this is I want him to fucking throw the gaunt. Sorry. effing throw the gauntlet down and not, not appear. And, uh, like that's more important to me, like whether or not, uh, he goes to jail and possibly goes to jail and dies. Uh, I mean, am I like uh, Trump is no more can be no more can aspire to be no more than an instrument for other people. That's how I view politics. I don't view myself as a, as like a minion for him. Well, um, yeah, that that's, you shouldn't, that is a weird thing that happens in politics. And I, I understand. What he needs to do. Like if, if he want, if you want to do like, I mean, th- th- this isn't just gonna. This isn't gonna go anywhere uh, unless he forms a club. He's got to have a club. <laughs> I mean, by the way, you know, in terms of these things, don't be any different. Uh, I always, I was watching stuff about World War II. You know, every country had something like um, black shirts and and armbands, all this kind of shit. Of course, you know, like. Um, the reason, you know, the reason why, like uh, a lot of these gangs and stuff, would would clubs would have um, armbands is because that's that's cheaper than uniforms. Yeah, all you got, you just have have a little scrap of cloth. Yeah, that's it. That's all. You, it's all you need to to do the thing. The other thing, you know, you can't have uniforms, but we can get you a shirt. Well, also, we can, you can take it off and hide it if you need to. Yeah, we can give these guys Trump shirts. And it, like, I'm not saying that he needs to form the SS. I mean, lots of people have have like uh, Huey Long had a club. You got to have a club. You got you can't just be my relate your relationship to people can't just be through TV. You know what I mean? I mean, it. it yeah, yeah, but that's not that's not what he is though. I mean, he's a, I know he's a television star. That's the weakness there. Well, and, and that wouldn't be that wouldn't necessarily be a problem if he harnessed that to do what he's got to do. But like, let's let's be real about it. Uh, the problem with Trump is like right now what we're seeing is is like he's getting he's finally getting backlash for uh, backlash. He's finally being punished is the wrong word. He's finally getting blowback from the 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 big weakness that he has as a political leader, which is that. He he wait he he went. I hate to belabor the analogy, but he went up to the banks of the Rubicon, stuck his toe in, and then like turned around and walked away. You can't do that. You cannot. It's not allowed. It's not permitted. And this is and this is going to be this is going to be a signal to everybody that you can't do that. But most importantly, like what you said earlier, your your the whole thing you said there was great because he he's an instrument to to 
you know, affect certain political change or whatever, however you want to phrase it. Mostly as a wrecking ball. It just That's what we wanted, a wrecking ball to just smash through all this stuff. Like today, Tucker, Tucker Carlson put his third Twitter episode out, and he said straight up that this became inevitable way back in February of 2016 when he was on the debate stage and he said that the Iraq war was a lie. And that at that point, he made a permanent enemy of the Uniparty. And I agree that's part of it, although I think that I don't think that's all of it. I think he also bucked them on immigration. Like, straight out the gate, he said things about immigration that you you weren't allowed to say before. And he also made some moves on trade, too. And all, all, these three things are all things that Uniparty hated. He should have understood at that moment what you've done is you, someone in the chat already kind of beat me to it. You're, you're a grat, you're a grat guy. You're not, you're, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not Caesar. You're a grat guy. If, if you don't, if you don't watch your step, they're going to destroy you because you just pissed off all the most powerful people in the world. And then that is why spending four years. Well, let me, let me don't take my word for it. We talked to someone who, who would know who worked around these people. And he told us that kind of their attitude became, after a while, it, it, it was so difficult to get rid of some of these entrenched bureaucrats. They said, we'll just put them in the corner and work around them for four years. The problem is they lost the next election. So all those people just came right out the corner and stuck their knives into them on the Senate floor. And that's what's happening. And, you know, Here's where it could get interesting. The only, like, the only up. If if you're if you're us and you have this view of Trump, like you want him to be wrecking ball. This is pretty. This is terrible news because he's going to be the nominee probably. And I I can't imagine him not unless something like some some crazy thing happens. He's not going to be the nominee, and you know he's probably going to lose. A because of all the stuff that happened last time is going to happen again, and B there are going to be people who just won't vote for somebody who's who's going to jail. But let's say. But you haven't gotten to the part of it yet. By the way, it's likely that all any of the other crowd would lose too. Yes. Here's the thing: what could happen is that you know conditions are bad in November, and it's a close election, a really close election again, and you know suddenly a pipe breaks in some in some place, and votes are being votes are being held back. Pennsylvania pauses the count. In 2020, Donald Trump, you know, cracked open a Diet Coke and ate a cheeseburger and said, oh, well. Uh, 2024, I mean, he can do that, but that means you're going to die in jail. Like, if you lose this election, you're probably going to die. I mean, at this point, isn't it obvious? They are trying to put him away forever. Yeah. They, this, isn't, this isn't just like we're slapping you on the wrist and harassing you and, and dirtying you up in the public eye. No, they're trying to, to kill him. They're trying to put him away until he, until until he goes into a coffin. So, in, when twenty twenty four rolls around, if it's a close and they start doing that stuff again, well, baby, you got to make some moves. And if you haven't laid the groundwork for that, in whatever form you choose to do it, well, I, I, I which mean, would be a, which would be security staff at in Philadelphia. I, well, the problem with this is if you're talking about that. That's a whole different situation when you're not. When he was the president of the United States in 2020, you and I talked about this repeatedly during the election, like that night that it happened, and the next day, you could send the marshals and do this stuff. They might not do it, depending on how loyal they are to you. But he don't have that choice now. 
So I don't know what form it will come in, but you're 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 in it. You have to be in it to win it. But you know, I, I, he might also cut a deal with them to stay out of jail. Who knows? It's one thing to say, you know, oh, I like to go down fighting. It's another to be a guy who's lived his entire life, you know, as a very wealthy, powerful man. To to get forgiveness, he would have to lick Hillary Clinton's balls on live TV. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't mean forgiveness, but just avoid going to jail for the rest of his life. Probably, and one of the ways would be probably they make him drop out. He says he's not going to do that. Well, I, I, I mean, should. why would they care whether or not he drops out? He's not like, I don't get why they would care about that one way or the other to not put him in jail. Like, I, I don't get the incentive. You think, I mean, if the, if the election was actually close in November, I mean, yeah, but they, can, the, they can make it. Uh, you would have to believe that. Well, maybe it will. I mean, I don't that he'll take this seriously enough that he, he'd actually work hard and try to win. Uh, I don't know. Like he's never done anything like that before. So, but you know, maybe the threat of prison is enough to get him to try and do that. It should be because it's not just the threat of prison. It's the, there's the threat of dying in prison. And you pointed this out when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that's like the, the, the worst fate for a man is to die in prison. It's shameful. It's yeah. And that's kind of my point though, too. Like they would, I think they view the idea that he could actually win as so remote. And the optics of him dying in prison is so satisfying in terms of delivering something for their uh, clientele that I don't think they would take that deal. I mean, maybe they would, but it seems like dying in prison is just so great for them, especially because like they could, I mean, they don't have to wait. Like they get like, there's the delay gratification thing. If you think he would die of old age in there, but they're not going to do that. They'll just murder him. You know what I mean? Like they could do that. <laughs> like spicy. I, I don't even really think it is. They do it to everybody else. Like you know, like I mean, it happens over and over and over and over. Like, what did Epstein's guards go on like a break or like? I mean, come on. I mean, uh, they could just they could pay a gang member like whatever they're gonna do. You know? Oh yeah, that's the easiest thing in the world. I mean, there was a lot of stuff about this when um a guy who was like in the the CIA or something like that, uh, he went to prison. And um, I was watching interviews with him afterwards, and they were talking about like um, he said like the entire like everything about his safety was determined by uh, essentially cash payment to um, Louis Farrakhan. He said like you know you can get done in a second. It costs nothing, you know, it costs back cigarettes to get somebody shivved in there. Which, by the way, is why um, I don't think um, Uncle Ted, rest in peace, um, was part of a a, a government conspiracy because. Um, they wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let him live for the thirty years or and whatever. Write people letters and stuff. You, anybody could could write him letters. And you could have. They could have got him done in, easy. Yeah. Now the thing about like so, what's weird about this is hold, that, hold on. Before we do that, I just want to say Fredo's kind of like uh, discovered or sorry, we've kind of discovered this this is co- contradictory views and. Uh, t- it, Tucker disagrees with you in one sense, Fredo. He does think that they're very afraid of Trump running and winning, and that that's why they want to throw him in jail. You think that they're prepared to throw him in jail because they're not afraid of that at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I just, I don't, like, I, th- I think that they want him to be the candidate, and, like, they don't, I don't think they take his candidacy I mean, they do take the idea of him actually being president seriously, but not, 
I don't think they think the the chances of him winning are high enough that they would give up the opportunity to kill him in jail. That's just so like they get so much long term benefit from that. You know what I mean? Like they because then they they'll probably feel like that will dissuade the next guy. It'll take all the people that really like kind of like fueled the Trump phenomenon. Or it'll make them feel dejected, like they've lost or and are hopeless. That's what they want, right? Like they they want like you know they want people in West Virginia dying of despair at, at, uh, at a higher rate than ever before. You follow what I you follow yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, man. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and but this this is kind of a you can't get out of the cycle. That usually doesn't work, but people still do it because this is just you get you get mm. locked. You get locked into this. Okay, this goes a lot of different ways. And I'm going to have to bring up some um, dirty figures because, um, well, it's, it's just how this stuff goes. Well, I can bring up, well, I can bring up two guys. They're in Trump's situation right now. Uh, one is Adolf Hitler. <laughs> the other one is, um, what's the guy's name? Nelson Mandela. Trump's kind of like somewhere in between somewhere somewhere in the middle of uh, Nelson Mandela <laughs> and Adolf Hitler both guys were sort of um Trump uh, Hitler got like 40% or something at that point he had ran he got a lot of votes but he didn't win he, um he tried to coup he ended up in jail i don't know i don't know what's the deal with um with uh, the south african guy and they still became emperor with, with no, with, you know, well, Mandela, that's a possible, that's a pop but that, those are, that's two examples. Now Mandela there's another was appointed is appointed the, the Western powers. Oh, like overthrew the South African government and basically appointed. And made yeah, him. So the only way your analogy would work there is like, it, and I'm not saying that you believe this, but like, if you believed that like China was actually going to actively, overthrow the the liberal <laughs> regime and use Trump as its puppet to to like take over America because that's what we did in South Africa. Well, I'm going I'm keep I'm keep moving. But these are two guys that are or um uh you know, the worst thing about jail is you know you got to poop in front of everybody else. You ever seen that? Yeah. And they always put the, the can in like the middle of the room. So you be t- sitting there taking you know, both these guys are shitting in a room um and then a little bit later they're god emperor. Now, but there's not, that's not the only way this goes. Uh, the other way this goes is you're one of the Grackies or you're Saturninus or you're any of these guys. Um, and they fucking kill you and they make sure everybody knows they killed you. And then anybody else tries this shit, they're going to kill you. And they, and they take your name out of, out of everything. Uh, that's happened a lot too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's kind of my point. Like, yeah, that's it, what I was going with that. Yeah, that's he's there. Like that's where I, that's the situation I think he finds himself in. I mean, I don't like. I mean, here's an interesting question: What would you do if you were him? I actually don't know what. But I say if you were him, like you're him, meaning like you don't really have an interest in like changing the world or conquering the United States or something. Like you're not Caesar, right? Uh, I don't know. Like, I almost think 
that I would find a friendly country and get the hell out, but that's not without risks too. I I don't know the answer to that question. Well, well, you know, uh, I made it. I made a big big tweet, you know, uh, on the, on the eighth, I guess, when they announced the indictment that, you know, that they're gonna that you can't you you can't back down for decision to prescribe you, and then like the next day, on MSNBC, Rachel Maddow said. Uh, do they consider do, can they consider a, a, a potential plea deal offering something that would prescribe him prescribe him from running from office again? I don't know. It's like this is what this is straight up what they're doing. Like as for what should he do? I mean, like I I, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes now. <laughs> Maybe I in just, his shoes in twenty twenty. I don't I don't think this is a the, I don't think yeah, this is all automatic. I don't think this is Uber Black Pill. I mean, I, there's a remember there is a lot of really good people that will do anything for Trump. Like you, you see that, that Tucker speech today. I mean, Tucker yeah. is the best among us. I don't know if like maybe a little bit, it's not like Tucker kind of a spot. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if Trump would be that hardcore on, on, on foreign policy as Tucker wanted to be, but Tucker wants him to be Tucker is the best among us. And he would, he would do whatever for him. And, you know, the, these things, it's going to come, these things have are come down to, it's like Julius Caesar said, uh, uh wars are, are great battles are, are settled by, by the, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, a tiny hair. It's, it, we don't know how this is going to, like, we don't, I really yeah. don't think we know how this is going to play out. Like, look at January 6th. That could have played out a lot of different ways, even without him, without his involvement. Yeah. Well, I mean that's 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 definitely true. I mean, yeah. you know that a different guy could have been driving the car that day, and we would be sent drinking mint juleps right now. <laughs> now <laughs> Trump doesn't have to be everything, right? and he won't be. Now you know the thing. By the way, you know the guy that wants to rule the rule the United States, like that he's like all he like if he was. If he was the guy that the Lib said he was, that he was just waiting for the moment to, uh, to to be emperor, you know those guys are are often like kind of psycho. Yeah, but he's not. He's not that guy. Yeah, that's the that's the whole problem. The whole problem with this, and you get down to you get down that that's not who he is. I, I what well, we need like so like as the public, obviously it's not right. It's not, it's immoral to say this about. But this is politics, and the liberals are trying to show us that uh, morals don't have a lot to do with this stuff. Um, I want the Democrats to make it. I, I want them to go as hard in the paint. I want them to make it to make it either have him run from jail or uh, make it clear that he's either has to win and ba- and basically somehow fire all these people in D.C. Or, or, or lose. You know what I'm saying? I want him to. The, the only way for us to do this is for him to do it in self defense. By the way, I just want a small thing. So something that's crazy about this is that you know there's a lot of liberals in the world, and you're starting to look at them like most. Like I don't think most liberals uh, care that much about this. A lot of people do. A lot of people do. About what? About Donald Trump has to be in jail, et cetera, et cetera. But there is a group of libs that do that. That this means. Remember, these people don't. They don't go to church. They don't have a god. That 
this like Trump basically is their their like their god or their Satan. This is all that matters to them. He, he he's he's everything. So there's you can't say well these well they're not gonna do this or that. They're you know they're they're busy with their grandchildren. They don't have shit like this. And more specifically, it is these female lawyers and their fifties that are powerful. They they they're law professors. Um, you know them on Twitter. They're in their fifties. They have no kids. And uh, well, you know his problems are are in the realm of law. And these people are very powerful in this, and they get they get a hold of every single lawsuit in America. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. That that's that's ultimately the problem. It's not just the law. It's ev- it's everything that's in the in the government complex. Well, I don't. Maybe I'm crazy, but I don't really get the the thing Trump. Like, I don't think Paul Ryan is hates Trump as much as like. Um, uh, the average law professor. No, Maybe I'm delusional about that. No, you're not. But Okay, so <clears throat> let's see. In, in every mob movie, there's this scene, not every, but almost every scene, every mob movie, there's a scene where, like, there's an old, experienced gangster, and he is, like, there's a younger guy, he's making a little bit of scratch for the first time, and he buys him a nice big Cadillac and a flashy suit. And the other mobster's like, you you need to take that crap back right now. You are drawing heat to us. This is not how you're supposed to. You're being stupid. Stop doing this. That's what Paul Ryan feels about Donald Trump and when he ran. He's like, you're saying these things that are going to get the eye of Soren on us. We had a good thing going by being the Washington generals. Like, I mean, in fact, like the when the Uniparty would let, the Uniparty let George W. Bush win twice. We had a good thing going. And now you're screwing it up by making it so like voters actually expect stuff from us. And and if it, my job is now in danger because I want to play ball with the Uniparty and you don't. And, and that's the relationship they have with him. So no, they don't hate him. He's not Satan to them. They just would like to get. They just want to whack him and hang him up in the in the meat locker so they don't have to deal with that anymore. What what they want and what everybody wants when they give someone the crack eye treatment is they want to in the person of the political leader kill the movement and destroy it and you just you can't do that they they can never close pandora's box he, he opened it and it's open forever P- people will have like republicans will have these ideas that they're never going to let go of i don't know what percentage it will be but it's a heck of a lot more than it was in 2015 and there's nothing they can do about that now you if it's like you made you made an analogy about like you know the repression button in the video game right where you hit the button and you just like you repress the crap out of everybody who has this idea. Well, when you do that, like it's a short term fix. It's always a short term fix because when it comes back, it's going to be worse than it was the last time because all the stuff is still bubbling under the surface, and you've made people, you, you've you've killed people, you've made them angry, you've made them think that well. The old ways don't work. I have to do something else. This is just a, this is like a cyclical thing. You can't get you can't escape it. But that does nothing for us right now in 2023. Like to, to, to say that oh well maybe in 2040, you know we'll finally get the Julius Caesar. Well I don't know about you, but I'll be pretty I'll be pretty old in 2040. That's not really it's not really what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. So. The uh, great election coming up. 
There's this channel I keep watching, the Argent Templars. I got to give him props when I use his stuff. And he's got he's got two he's got this great thing he uses for um, uh, Ukraine that he calls the he calls the Ukraine War the Ukraine Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I, I just totally changed how I how I thought about that. Like, you know the um, have you seen the way that the Spring Offensive has been treated? only a little bit because I don't, I don't trust anything anybody says about it. So I don't pay a lot of attention, but they, even that they've kind of admitted that it's not going well. Right. Yeah. But the spring offensive is, was marketed like a movie. Yeah. Like the, the, that uh, Avengers ending, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You want to, you want, this is the next part of the movie. Uh, It's the cinematic universe. I don't know. It's just, um, but um, Yeah. I don't know. And, and this is, I don't know. How long is we've been in, we've had a couple of years now where it just feels like shit hasn't changed. And I don't know. I feel like I'm in a movie. You know what I mean? Or I, not, in a, I don't know the opposite of it. I, I feel like uh, we're on the 17th uh, Marvel flick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can see that. Uh the you the Ukraine is one of those pressure. There's some pressure points developing. One of them was a news story today where Janet Yellen straight up said, "Oh yeah, you you, you guys should expect that our status as reserve currency is going to go away eventually." Which like that's, I mean that's kind of that's common sense in this in in like the same way that it's a common sense you're going to die. Not com- it, not common sense. That's 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 like. A, a five trillion dollar coin in the Tinkzerger's right column, right? But I'm saying like, to say, well, eventually we're not going to be reserve currency anymore. Like that's the same thing as saying like eventually you're going to die. But first thing like that would be like the doctor saying like, uh, yeah, you're not going, you're not going to be around. And, and well, well, I mean that's been around. I mean the 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 dollar not being the reserve currency. I mean that has been. Uh, a, a talking point that's had yeah. substantial traction for 30 years. I mean, this isn't some radical thing that like, no offense to Malcolm, but Malcolm or anybody else has like recently come up with, right? Like that's, that's been around a long, 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 long. I mean, everybody's people have known that ever since 1971, right? Like, I mean that, that they, that that was on borrowed time. So like, the, it's the it's the first time that like an actual like government official has contemplated that as being a serious thing, but uh, but I mean this is smart people have known this for I mean at minimum twenty years right, right? It, I mean that the entire founding of, of Bitcoin was behind that and that's now almost a decade ago. But the difference is like I know as a human being I'm going to die. That's one thing. Going to the doctor and the doctor's like starts talking to me about my mortality. That's a totally different situation. Like that's oh okay, we're talking about this now. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That. And that's another I agree pressure. With that. That's another pressure point. The Ukraine, the Ukraine's a pressure point. You know the the whatever you want to call it with transsexuals. Obviously, that's a tra- that's a pressure point. It's we're watching that blow up right now. People, uh, pe- no matter no matter how much some people don't like it this is a big this is a big issue that you know starbucks had the cave and basically we're, we're, we're looking at there's going to be a sec like a, a, a regional well here, here's like it could be a regional segregation 
Like, if you want to go to Florida or Alabama, then all the transsexual stuff is against the law. And if you go to California, it's like it's mandatory. You're uh, just just now they're talking about a bill in California that would make it essentially child abuse if you don't let your child uh, change change its sex. Well, I thought in foster care, which is basically foster care is boot camp for strippers and gangbangers. Yeah. So you know, I, I think that. That is one way this could go, and I think that would be the healthy way for it to go. We should just have different, different strokes stripper. Different. Would, stripper would be like five percent healthier than gangbanger. The the question is is would they even allow that? Because they can just you know they can ban Fourteenth Amendment no, civil they, rights. No, they they can't allow that. Like yeah. I mean, I, I, until they get really weak, they there. I mean, I don't know. There is a point where that can come, but like. That is a tremendous show of weakness because even ideologically, liberalism is a totalizing yes. uh, ideology. It can't, it cannot exist in a world where it is it is not the solution to every single problem for every single human being on Earth. It's very very similar to communism in that way, right? Like it's a, it is a totalizing utopian. Uh, ideology so they can't like it it would by necessity become something else if it began to tolerate anyone anywhere in the world living differently than its own adherents right i mean yeah we're already at the point where it's already a good and moral thing to bomb a country because they don't allow gay marriage right i mean i think we're there uh if you look at like what people are saying about uganda we're not going to bomb them just basically because of costs and, and other reasons, but like we are going to do stuff against them. So like it just, it, 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 it can't, and that's halfway around the world. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it, it, it is a, it's a it totalizing is the perfect phrase. And like everybody who's ever went to war against a liberal country has found out that every war with a liberal country is a war to the death. There's no, there's no negotiated settlements. There's no partial peace. It's, it's all, you know, it's, uh, how often, how often does the, uh, what do they call the, the American surrender thing? Unconditional surrender. How often does that come up in history? I mean, like Like, when you're like Rome and America, basically. No, I mean, it's, it's happened, but yeah, it's. It's 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 not it, it was certainly it was certainly rare before say so you could say the French Revolution. It's just not the way that, that no the, the the whole basis of the of like the golden age of Europe briefly in the nineteenth century was we're not doing that anymore. We're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have a balance of power. We're gonna have negotiated pieces. We're not gonna we're not going back to the craziness of the uh, uh, French Revolution. Like and they call that the Belle Epoque, like the good the good. That was the good times. But that's over now, and it has been. And as like the Germans learned twice, and the Japanese learned, and uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, you, our people you know, learned. You know, it's really like, you know, if you if you surrender to America, like we may still hang you. That's crazy. Is that common? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's bizarre. Which, by the way, people cheated on this. I was reading. I was reading it today that um, one of the countries that had a sizable. Ukrainian expat population was United Kingdom. Basically, um, they sent a lot of them back. The Ukrainian SS was they they got they surrendered to um, 
And these they were they were like they were Ukrainian SS. So that you know, Himmler couldn't get um enough guys because the, the, the Wehrmacht was taking them all. So he needed to get he needed to outsource. Uh and so uh he brought in the he got the Ukrainian SS. And after the war, um, you know, they they got to the British uh, and they said, Look, please don't don't turn us over to Russia. Um and uh we will do anything for you. And the United Kingdom goes anything and they said yeah and they said okay well um all you guys are going to be doing a hell of a lot of translating and uh intelligence work for us against the russians and so they they brought them over they uh they settled them in disparate communities and they hid this from the public for a long time you know they didn't hide this from the public they hid this sorry they hid this from the allied governments oh yeah because like if you if you look at what I, what happened like we quote unquote repatriated a lot of people to the Soviet Union who didn't want to be in the Soviet didn't want to be in the Soviet Union and you can ask yourself why well, in 1945 why would you do that why would you t- send the people back to to the Soviet Union that don't that hate communism to be you know they'll they'll go they'll go fight your new enemy for free basically right but they didn't do that and you know you can ask yourself why our government chose not to do that and why our government chose to create an industrial base in the Soviet Union and why he chose to make all these political compromises with somebody who had no intention of honoring any agreements. You can ask yourself all these questions, but I guess it doesn't matter. The point is, uh, let, let's, let's, phrase it, let's phrase it gently. Uh, apparently in 1945, the United States had a different view of their political rival, the Soviet Union, than they did, let's say, the Japanese or the Germans or even the Italians. Well, one, one group, it's just you're going to... you're you 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 have to be uh, br- broken down completely from the bare from the you know the bare minimum to re- recreate our image and the other is like oh we can cut a deal with you i don't know you can argue about about why that, that is that image thing is funny like one of the funniest parts of the post war period so you have um you know you have west germany and east germany and both these guys they need an army you know you get you got to put together an army and so the United, so West Germany's army was obviously it was put together by the United States. And uh, by the way, th- th- there's like a they they put they had guys that were they had guys that were Nazis and I don't know if they were in the SS, but I mean they were doing stuff yeah. uh, in as the generals and shit. But the same thing happened in East Germany. You, you had and so you had this so you had this time where you had. West Germany, East Germany, each of them have all former Wehrmacht. And not all the generals are former Wehrmacht, but a lot of them are. Many of them SS. And you and uh, what's hilarious is so uh, the West German uniforms, they made them as gay and Amer- as American as possible. Right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we have to, we had to we had to make them uh, softer. Yeah. The East Germans, because the Soviet Union is like, like communists are crazy, but they can like a Soviet Union, like they could be very like, um, I don't know what you'd say, like indignant or snotty. And so the snotty move to do to do this was like, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give all the East German military, the so, you know, they're 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 loyal to the Soviet Union. Uh, they gave them the most not like the order was give them the most SS looking uniform as possible. Make, you know, get, give them the riding crop and, and, and all that shit. 
and make them look like super Nazi. And the whole point of, they said that the point of this was to say the West German military is not German. It's right. just American. And, and you could tell that because ours looks so Teutonic. It's a continuation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. It is funny when you had both those two things and they both still had SS generals and shit. Just going back to one thing, because there was some talk in the chat about it. I, there, yeah, I've heard this argument before that like, oh, they don't actually care. I believed this at one point too. Like they don't actually care about trans stuff. They don't actually care about gay rights. It's like cover for other things. I, I did believe that at one point, but I was wrong about that. They actually care about that very, very much for the same reason that like historically, if you like defeated some other, you know, people in combat, you force converted them to your religion. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that was a thing. Like, even if you read about like the old Hebrew wars and stuff, I think they did circumcision on their enemies. Like if I recall correctly, like once they were subjugated, it's, it's that kind of thing. They, they do care about that very much for its own purpose, just as like a method of, sort of like cultural imperialism. And it's a, that stuff in particular is a very effective method of eradicating the old traditional cultural structures in a place when you conquer it. Uh, Cause you need to eradicate that stuff to replace it with your own. And that's yeah. why that stuff is very important. Like it's, I, I guess, so the statement is correct insofar as like, I mean, yeah, if there was another type of, like screwed up thing that they could force convert people into to actually, you know, uh, destroy all of the, you know, cultural structures in that conquered land. Would they do that instead? Sure. But like, this is the way they're doing that right now. By the way, they know they could win. There is more cultures that have integrated this into their culture than I think that there is that have integrated like homosexuality. Integrated what? Uh, places like Iran and Thailand. Transsexuals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's part of it's part of the deal. Yeah, but it's a different thing there, though. So, yeah. so I would argue that's very different. Like, and I don't know a lot about Thailand, so I'm very open to listeners fact checking me on this. In Thailand, like no one thinks that's like a good thing that you should aspire to be doing. It's more like. This is like a weird niche thing that we have like a niche tourism industry around, but like nobody really thinks it's good. It's, uh, you know what I mean? Okay. It's a more extreme version of like, I don't think anybody in Mexico thinks working in those like grungy places in Tijuana is like good. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's fine. It's a way to make money, but it's not like an aspirational positive thing. And then in Iran, the situation is just like, that's their method of dealing with, with homosexuals, right? Like not, you're not gay now because you've changed genders. Right. So I don't know for sure. I was watching a video with, um, Lord Hans Georg Muller. He did a response to, uh, ContraPoints. ContraPoints was talking about, um, breaking down gender identities. And they used this example of, uh, like these places like this, like uh, one example is like, uh, in India, they have this and it's like they have their own cast. They got a place they, they live and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, he was saying like, you, you know, that is a very, very, that is a more specific gender role than you could imagine. Like you, they don't mean that you just play what you want. They mean you got to go live like on the other side of the train tracks. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. And that's the that's the issue when people say, oh, this has been around forever. It's very traditional. And like, no, no, no it's not. Not not what we've got now is a totally different thing. Yeah. Well, the, the, the conversation we've been having is has been perfect because I think this leads into one of the bigger well, stories. Well, 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 no, before we move well, on, I want to okay. say, before we move on, I got to say, like, I, I, they do care a lot about this. And i would tell you why. And I, I said it when we first talked to Malcolm. And I, I don't know. I think more people are coming around to this view. It's that this is their religion. It centers the it centers itself as God. Like the re, they their thing is called pride, and that's that's what that that sin is. It's like you you make yourself the center of the universe, and like you have to be able to allow to control nature, control everybody's behavior. Like the the sun revolves around you. They have to use the right words when they address you. Like you're a minor noble. The the fact that you that your body changes uh, hormonally because you grow older it, it is an affront to your autonomy as a you know divine creature and all this stuff. Like it's just it's not only important to them; it's the most important thing. That's why they're going so crazy with it. Like if it was not a big deal and it was just another another avenue, they would have backed off. Like yesterday, like just yesterday, the the president of the United States had a, a bunch of transsexual people. Like standing in front of the White House, he said, "Like this is the most important thing on the planet." And he had a, a big rally where he had the the gay pride flag in the middle, you know, in the middle at the at this prime spot, which is like I think literally illegal for him to do that because it violates the flag code. But nobody cares, you know. The the U.S. flags were on the side of it. They've they're less important than this thing. You wouldn't do that if this is just like a a a, a bullshit gotcha thing that you thought you could squeeze some more votes out of. Uh, Ohio or Pennsylvania or whatever. Now this is an in, in, integral part of their religion, and it's never going to stop. It's never going to. It's never going to slow down until the, unless they lose. Well, I think they're all, they they all, what they can do and what they have done in the past is if if they think that they have history, they they move too far too far too fast. They'll they'll push it to the back burner like they did in the seventies and eighties. But it comes. It always comes back. This is never going. This is never going away until their religion is destroyed. Period. Well, I mean, so my opinion. I mean, so I would tweak that, and I, I don't have any proof. It's just an estimation. We're just trying to gaze in the eye of Sauron. I think that, um, and of course, this is all different groups. But um, I think that the main thing is that civil rights is the god, and like they got another one. Like because a lot of these people, they would have had to grow up. And, um, well, everybody had fun in 1968, but they didn't get to have any fun. And now they got a fun. Now they got street battles and now they, they got, um, pushing corporations around and like all, all the big bathroom stuff, the, the, the sports, like the sports is the best example of like, this isn't cynical in terms of like, we're going to peel off votes. I've seen, there's been several articles come out lately saying something that I said like a year ago that like, um, you should raise hell about the sports, but like the anti-trans side would be worse off if they just patched out the sports. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the sports is like, it's like obviously gross in the pictures and shit. Whereas like most of the things aren't obvious and in your face, like the, the things like the HR, the, your HR department making changes. There's no, there's no like bad optics from that. Uh, like the sports thing is just the worst optics that somebody there's, uh, someone won like a, a race yesterday, but like, you know, five minutes they were laughing the women. 
um that like and like you know because the, the response that you get from like people's like oh so you're saying that women's sports is the most pop most uh important thing in the world do you uh you know you're conservative no it's not it's not in fact this is this this exact thing is a great is a wonderful example for the rest of it um yeah i don't know if you want like you can jump in but like i i feel like we're talking about and i want to stay on the topic of realism because by uh in terms of um in, in terms of uh what do you, what do you what international poli- foreign policy because the, you know the, by the way this is a huge part of it so like um you know the realism thing would be when we when we talk to uh japan or or ukraine or saudi arabia we're trying to get more more chromium and oil and stuff you know what i mean right we're, we're like we're like a, uh this rational consumer that like wants things and we trade things and we make alliances and stuff <laughs> that's not how the state department has acted for like 30 years and especially in the last 10 years like though you know like when you walk, when you go up to the countries that sell you oil and stuff and you, you know you shit on them uh about the gay thing and like you know they're forming alliances and stuff like that you know, un, like ungodly alliances like the 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 Iran the Iran Saudi Arabia alliance it's like you would never never expect that you know going through China and stuff like that the way that they approach this isn't cynical you know what i mean well yeah but here's the thing let's say we'll, we'll put them we'll make the market 40 years ago whatever yeah so let's say the state department has behaved in this way for the last 40 years before that the state department would be talking about democracy and freedom and voting and stuff like that and that's the cudgel they would use because you have to have that you have to have this I don't know, man. Like, look at you. Don't know? Yeah, of course. I mean, of course. Why would? Why did we bother with that? If if it's not, it was bullshit because we would make alliances with Saudi Arabia. I don't. You know, I don't think it is bullshit. Like, look at how we look at how the United and like so. An older example is look how the the United States approached uh, Zimbabwe. Like, you know, based on our decisions, millions and millions of people died. But like it's but it, it, but they did what we wanted like civil rights wise. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, of course. But like that's uh, it, at some point the 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 religion the the religion's focus shifted from uh, like these uh, OG civil rights things and you know stuff like democracy to the new to the new thing. And like that happened because their needs at home changed. Like I, one thing that's really important to understand, and somebody in in chat brought it up. It's like you know, yeah, they're not trying to to make Russians transsexual or whatever. That's not what they're worried about. They don't really hate the Russians. They say all this, but they don't really care about the Russians. Tomorrow, if you know Russia, like if, if some if you had some Zelensky type guy who was in charge of Russia and he would put up rainbow flags, they'd love Russians. They would, they would just, they would be, be fine with that. Like, they hate you. If you're listening to this and you don't agree with their religion, they hate you. You're the person that they, you're the person they want your, to mess with your kids, to do these things to you. When they uh, applaud Russian soldiers getting grenaded and blown to pieces, they want to do that to you. And you don't have, like, that's not really even a question anymore because they'll just tell you that on Twitter constantly. They're like, oh, I can't wait to, 
blood to, you know to blow up MAGA chuds with the F sixteen and, and all that crap. So like all this stuff is predicated on their I don't want to say domestic, but like it is domestic. Like the the people who are around them, they they are the are always the target of this. I, and I don't. You don't what? I have like a different timeline for this. And first off, I don't think that there's a different, like, do you remember like, um, the stuff on the LGBT in the white house and stuff like that? I feel like that's pretty new. What's not new is doing this stuff on the foreign policy level. Right. And by the way, you know, you know, in the Zimbabwe example, remember they like, um, you know, uh, these, these groups were armed by the Soviet union our deadly our deadly enemy. And, you know, we were like, well, fuck it. Uh, yeah, maybe the Soviet Union's right on this. Um, but, you know, go, go, going to now, like, all this stuff about, like, um, this LGBT, like, we saw this in kind of color revolutionary type stuff before we saw it here. I think that there's no difference in how this, this is played. Like, I think if, if, if there are there any countries that we just give a free pass to on LGBT stuff anymore because of some kind of like realist foreign policy goals. I don't think that exists anymore. Not anymore. There, yeah, at one point that was the case, but not, definitely I don't think anymore. Yeah. That's like, we're not, this isn't part of a, the secret plan. You with me, Merrick? Well, yeah, but it's part of their religion. Like that they had, they had a, 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 I don't know, a reformation or whatever. And like this just became the thing that their religion cares the most about. This is the thing that's problem. Like when you talk about religion, people think you know, oh, this is something that's stable and it's thousands of years, thousands of years old. But it's not for them. They have this weird, chaotic, bubbling mess, uh, and, and this is the thing that bubbled up to the top of it. Now it's the primary focus of everything. But I, I you know, look, if you think about what transsexual stuff and gay marriage before that, and like pretty much LGBT stuff just all as a whole it it gives them complete power over people's lives whether that's in uganda or in alabama you are you become the person who determines like how interpersonal relationships work and like that used to be the domain of your your actual your actual religious denomination right if you were a catholic you had this certain relationship because you're catholic or because you're baptist now uh, the, the blue hair lady, the fifty-year-old blue hair lady lawyer, she gets to determine how things work in your household. That's how. That's what this is. This is this is the the draw of, of this thing for them, and that's this is the main reason why you know how everybody said, well, we'll just pat, we, we'll, we'll the Supreme Court will, will do Obergefell, and then everybody will be able to get married, and we can just put this all behind us, right? That's what everybody told themselves. Maybe they didn't think that but like normal people thought that way normal people thought after obama that we were going to you know stop worrying about the racial stuff too but that's that's never how it can be because as long as there's, there's some kind of social bond that they haven't chewed through like a termite they have to go after it and this is this is like the thing that they're going after now and in breaking down those bonds like it's like you know burning up burning up the timber in a house like you get you develop you, you generate a lot of energy from it and that's just what drives everything. And if they succeed at it, the transsexual stuff, they'll move on to something else because they have to. They're it's it. They're like, you know, that they're like a plague of locusts. They just have to keep going. Yeah. Uh, by the way, well, people in the comments are saying, 
Saudi Arabia. Absolutely not. First off, um, Biden appointed a gay um, diplomat to Saudi Arabia. That's just a way to say F you, you know? Yeah. Uh, The second off, um, uh, I post some private chat. You can put it up if you want. Uh, though this ran off Saudi Arabia, they are trying to get out of of the the alliance with with uh, America. They they don't like this shit. Um, there, there's no in game. There, there's no like. Um, I mean, it's possible you could have some kind of crazy, crazy twelve D chess, but like, no, we just keep like annoying these people with this stuff, and they say, ah, we'll fuck off. At least China don't tell us this this shit. Um, like no, that is the, that is the goal. Um, and so why are we talking about this? Well. Uh, uh, Malcolm Shane. If I ever, if I ever wrote an article attacking Malcolm, I would write, I would call it Malcolm versus Malcolm. You know, call him a hypocrite. Uh, no, he's wrote a great article in Compact last week. It was an amazing article talking about like, um, talking about this guy that Trump brought in, and he's a realist, uh, like John Mearsheimer or whatever. He imagines foreign policy is a realist, and you should be realist. You should do realist things, which is like if you I, I looked up realism and they put a picture of Machiavelli on it, but they don't mean that you're <laughs> diabolical. They just mean that, um, yeah, you know, you, you, you don't just think things have to be like you make sort of rational decisions, right? Uh, viewing the world as it is rather than it should be is in theory what they're what they're pushing, right? Like, you're thank gonna, you. You're, you're you're operating in the world that exists rather than the world you wish that would exist. I, I I'm not going to derail the conversation, but I think that's like I think in his case that was not true, and in in their case in general it's not true. Like that's just all. Like everybody pretends that that's what they're doing. Now they they put their they slap a name on it, like this is specifically how we're behaving, but it's like you know. It's the same thing as having a secular society, right? Well, it's not really. It, you, you can call it whatever you want, but it, it, it has its own well, insane ideas, as he kind of points out in the article. Yeah, but like, so the thing is, like, so this particular guy doesn't have a ton of pull. He did at one point, but this guy is like a, a textbook realist. And the thing is, like, putting a textbook realist into DC sort of shows like how insane the, the situation is. You know what I mean? Like he's just yeah. like, there's no one that's anywhere near him that would agree with him on anything. Uh, and I looked at his Twitter and it's, it's, it's hilarious. Like um, the la- the other day and you know, he, he's like, um, I don't know what it's like. He, you know, he, he's, he's shouting to people that have 10 times more power than him that are like sort of behaving um uh, retard like Arsler, <laughs> like uh, the the one the other like I saw him re- responding today. You know, he's just sort of like trying to. He's like the you know the guy in the office. Um, you know he he's you know the the cut guy in the office. He's just sort of like explaining like rational things, and everyone around him is is like big dick swinging. I don't give an f. And yeah. um, he was responding to the the uh, the UK's uh, one of these UK diplomats that was that said. Uh, we're not going to let said, you know, we've decided we're not going to let China take, um, take Taiwan. <laughs> and, you know, he was like, um, you know, excuse me, uh, you don't have any, any military things in Asia anymore. <laughs> you know, like you guys, <laughs> like, uh, you, you know, you, uh, you didn't do anything when they took back Hong Kong. Um, like he, he's like, you know, you don't really have any say in this at all. And he, you know, he was saying it in a very polite way. 
he posted the other day. Uh, I don't know if I already talked about this. Yeah, I talked about this. George Soros' son. Yeah. He was he was talking in DC one of these conferences. He was saying, by the way, there's a great there's a great example. George Soros's son, who was originally going to take over after him, was you know the the finance guy. He was he was big into that part of George Soros's empire, and he he and George Soros had a falling out because he, Soros uh, the elder Soros wanted it to be more of a political thing, and his son like the son who's in charge who's going to be in charge now is like a uh, like a, a gay zoomer or millennial I forget which he's just a, you know he he he's all about the politics, so you have a shift there from what you might call realism to. Uh, We'll say activism just to just throw out a term. Well, God, I wish he wasn't gay because then it, theoretically he could get divorced and, and the Soros empire could be halved at some point. <laughs> well, it's already a foundation like the like the Gates did. That money's already protected forever. Mm. Well, well you, I mean, not forever. If you were an enterprising politician, you would go after you would go after them like that root and stem. But you know, that's hell, neither here nor there. Hell yeah. Well, anyways, and he was just sort of pontificating. He said. I don't think, like he said, I know that United States can beat Russia and we're going to do that. But I think we can also beat China at the same time. There's nothing stopping us from doing that. He was saying, you know, we could fight Russia and China at the same time. It's no problem. Uh, it was amazing. And, you know, all his stuff on there is like he's just sort of shouting in the void about stuff. Tink Sergeant talking about a long time, like stuff about like how many artillery shells we have, these kinds of things. Yeah. Well, this so he wrote this article. It was amazing. Then the the executive editor of one of these top foreign policy uh, uh, magazines like reviewed Tinkzorg's article. I like how you know these people are like heavy hitters. I like how they have to call him Tinkzorg, you know, because it's his at when they have to write it. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, and his review of it was basically just saying, "Listen to Tinkzorg." I don't yeah. know if you saw that. It was it was pretty heavy. It was pretty heavy. And I, a lot of the stuff was stuff that you talk about. I don't know if you influenced things work on that, but as far as like people believing in America. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't take credit for anything, but yeah. Uh, by the way, if you're listening to this, this episode will be up free. If you subscribe to Good Old Boys on Patreon, you can hear every Malcolm Shayun hot take that like uh, the president of the United States one time retruthed a Malcolm Shayun article. Just saying. I'm sorry, the, the Donald Trump, the actual president of the United States. Yeah. I, you know, he pisses a lot of people off. But, um, you know, I, the people. Anybody who's got big ideas does. Yeah. That's just how it works. Like, if, I don't know. Like, am I, like, you know, if you think he's dumb, I mean, like, like okay. you're just clearly an idiot, in my opinion. But, I mean, you know, do you do you. Um, Smart people can be wrong, but he's not, but we and whatever. It's, it's just the, the, that's. That's what that was classically the move where you would just call somebody stupid, even if they weren't, because to, to discredit their ideas. That people people don't do that as much now. You have other accusations you can throw at people. Yeah, yeah. I know what. Like, yeah. Um, I wish I had. Well. <laughs> Anyways, there's some great stuff about real realism, political realism. I love that shit. And and uh, you know, he was talking like things are darkly. He said like. Washington can't be realist. That's crazy. You know, part of that, like, you know, realism doesn't have to be the best thing in the world. I don't think Rome were realists. There's like, it's not like, 
you know, sending people across the channel into the great unknown, like, it, does that make your your GDP go up like one percent? Rome would always come up with some BS reason to attack somebody. They wouldn't just say, like, look, there are examples of this, and and maybe it didn't actually happen, but you know, the million dialogues where you just uh, and the city's work, uh, you just say. I'm doing this because I can do this. And that does happen. And like, and, and that was like one of the great classical history examples of it. Like the Romans didn't do that. The Romans would always come up with some excuse. Like this is that people would make, would other foreign peoples hated this about them and would always like, they, you know, they conquered the world in self-defense and they, you know, they make a wasteland and call it peace. They would just, they would call out the Romans for, for, for making up BS reasons. And like, this is what almost everybody does. And, and you have you think up some some reason for like and I you know actually I don't even want to use that. By the way, that that is considered realism. Though. Peace through strength is considered yeah, a realist thing. I, I I I hesitate to say like they they come up with a bullshit excuse because you know as we've learned by living in the in the twenty first century, I, I the secret memo doesn't work. So eventually, even if you make up stuff as cope, you'll just start people. The next generation will believe it. And people will, st- and you can start to believe your own cope. So, like, I don't know that it's even cynical. It's just a matter of this is this is now what we we rode this horse in. We're gonna uh, go across the finish line with it. My my view on realism is it's like the word secular. It's a a made up word where you announce that your particular strategy, your ideology, your religion is like just scientific truth, and it's not your own thing. I know, I, know, I know there's not a perfect one-to-one comparison, but like that's why I think that like realism isn't terribly useful as a term, and I don't buy it. Well, I mean, the, like at this specific moment it is. Like at this specific moment, you can like walk into D.C. and be like, hey, it's kind of fucking crazy to uh, to shit on your, your, your military allies um, for like for not being gay stuff like that. Well, like, it, well it might be crazy to shoot the... To, poop on your allies for not being democratic enough you know? right 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 but he would do that mr colby would, would go along with that wouldn't he i don't think so i don't think so i mean there's but, something but, that he would there's some line that he would that would, would uh, oh cross I, i'm sure but like you know most of the stuff he gets into it like and this is the things we're talking about this is like um like uh he do you have the capability to do x or y yeah. etc et um but yeah i don't like by the way, the piece of, like I think the main thing that sort of puts you as realist or not is like um, you, if, whether you have like idealistic bullshit, which that's not always a bad thing. Like Rome definitely had idealistic bullshit, which is like the glory of the state and stuff. And that, like me, like me, at most of these times, like most people are like you would say cynical, but that's not really the point. Like um, like let's be real, these guys like. At at, run, at the at these uh these foundations the the whatever the, the the think tanks and stuff that sort of decide what the military does, um like they're getting taken care of you know what I mean they're not sacrificing for LGBT rights and shit you know what I'm saying like it is certainly realist for them like the the whole point of that like is stuff is like there is no America that makes realist decisions there's just a bunch of gangsters and, and and factions and all this kind of shit i'm going to do the progressive thing and like quote a tv show because there's a great line from the, t- the g- tv show justified which you should you should watch it was like one of those good tv shows and there's a character said about another character he's very sensible about things that suit him and like that's that's that would be a good description for realism i guess 
you're very sensible about about matters that suit you. Like that you can come to terms on things. Like if, if it's within your if it's in your best interest, you can come to terms on it. Yeah, I, I, like that's just kind of another word. I don't know. It's another word for moderate. It's like means there's two like this is why realism and all these things came to be so important in the end at the end of the 20th century because you had these two big religions that were bumping in starting to bump into each other and they both had their own thing like there were a lot of people after 9-11 who straight up one like i mean uh ann coulter said like we should go invade these countries and like kill people and, and convert them to christianity right and she was being she was being a troll bombastic or whatever but there were a lot of people who felt that way legitimately they really thought we should go and we should just we should attack this entire religion. Glass there people, there were people who were saying, I remember the day after it happened, I, uh, on the internet forum, people were talking about, you know, bombing one of the holy sites of, of that religion. <laughs> and so, and like, they weren't, they weren't joking. They were like, they were mad. They were like, this is a religious war. Now the new religion wouldn't do that. Would In fact, they like prefer that they prefer the other religions to the, to the one, the domestic competition at home. So I, I just think that this is just – that was a moment in time in its past. And the reason that Eldridge Colby is going to be uh, wandering in a desert for 40 years is because there's no room for him anymore as somebody who can navigate between these two things. Because for one thing, as you said, there is no middle ground anymore. These two religions are now at war. You could say that they ha they were – you know, like the the Soviet Union and China would like have these little, they would have these border skirmishes, and sometimes they were big, like the one before World War Two, and they mm -hmm. had some after, but they weren't like world wars, and like they would just kind of one per one side would get smacked back, and they kind of retreat. We kind of had that in the 20th century between these two religions. Now we're in the we're in the unconditional surrender territory. It's going to be one or the other. And there's no room for Eldridge Colby in that anymore. He does he has no he has no purpose. You're either you're either fully on board with one or fully on board with other. And to circle us back to the original subject, Donald Trump as Tucker Carlson's view is because he is this spokesman for not the old religion in the sense of like he's a devout person because he's not, but just like, you know, I don't want to be involved in the Ukraine at all. I don't want to be involved in any of this stuff. It has nothing to do with me. He has become, uh, I guess, an avatar of this old religion, whether he likes it or not or the people who describe this religion do or not. And now these are the two choices you have. You're either on that side or you're the, you know, the Alexander Vindman. We're going to invade, at, we're going to reinvade Afghanistan for, for gay rights or whatever. It's just the two choices you have, and you know whether you like it or not. That's just how that's reality. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is either you're dealt in or you're not. Like, I'm very realist about DC uh, because I don't get shit from them doing stuff. You know what I mean? Fredo, you're a very even. Well, I would say you're an even kill guy, but you 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 spit some fire earlier about, about some <laughs> stuff. So I'm I'm not sure anymore. I'm going to say something that I, you're not supposed to say. And I'll, and I'll pull you guys on it. I don't care a fraction as much about the foreign policy of the evil GAE as I do about stuff that happens here. And I don't mean that in like the, I'm a materialist sense, but just like Lockheed Grumman crap and the, oh, we're going to, we need to, we need to send more missiles to the Ukraine. I don't like, I don't like those things, but it's 
a lot lower on my list, which is one disagreement where I'd have with Mr. Carlson is that I don't think that that alone is what got the eye of Soren on Trump. Uh, I think that you, you, and here's my question, you guys, after, after this is all settled, the foreign policy people and the domestic people can come to terms. You could have a Trump administration and, you know, you could have a war as a treat. That, that stuff happens all the time. It happened. You could argue that's what happened with Iraq. The Iraq War, which is like the the temporarily red team got control and then, you know, they got their war and they got to push back some of the stuff. I don't see any reason why they can't do that again. Do you guys think that or do you think it's all in one basket? I think it I think things have escalated to the point where it's kind of like all in one because yeah. of the the totalizing factors that I gave you. Right. Like, yeah. I don't think I don't think you can have – how do I put this? Well, okay, is it – I think it's unlikely, but is it possible we could go back to 2001 where, like, the sort of imperialistic justifications were different, right? Like, right. they weren't that, you know, well, we're spreading human rights, which now means, like, LBGTQ issues, right? Like – could we go back to that? Like, yeah, there there is a path to get back there, right? But I don't think that that it's just it's not the path of least resistance. The path of least yeah. resistance is the one they're already on, and I think that that makes it incredibly unlikely. Liberty is a, is these two these two competing religions do share one value, liberty. Like for for one way or the other, both. They have different conceptions of it, but this is a concept that you can't you can unite the two factions about. Like liberty is pretty much baked into the DNA of Americans, whether you like that fact or not. And there are a lot of people on the uh, you know the the dissident right who don't like that. And we've had we've had a guest on here who's kind of th- thinks that's really Yarvin stupid. could live without it. Yeah, exactly. But that is pretty much baked into the DNA. And like if you're if you are are uh, part of the one of the two last, let's see, I guess one of the three last big denominations in America. Like, liberty is also really important to their theology, our theology. If you're Protestant, that's, a, that's part of the deal, too. So there's always been r- uh, room for negotiations with the progressives when it comes to this. Like, the Iraq War, you could say, well, we're going to spread liberty to, to Iraq, and that would mean we're going to let the women take off the burqa, even though that's not real thing and we're going to give them the right to vote and it was a little something for both sides but now we've reached the pol- polarization level where that doesn't exist anymore right you were just you're either converting them to one or you're converting them to the other because the i mean the idea back then was we'll invade iraq and make an american government there and they can uh decide for themselves how they want to to live and like just like we did <laughs> we decided for ourselves what kind of social fabric we would have right and i mean you know that's a joke when the the courts are forcing you to, to you know, forcing you to make decisions about how your own about your family and stuff. I, I'm gonna Dugan post on air for on this topic <laughs> because like that I think he's right about this and he kind of saw this coming a long time ago and it's liberalism just sort of has this arc because you need an ever expanding definition of liberty by its very nature. Yeah, and that's why we can't go back to the way things were in like 2000. I mean, that would be a lot better. I don't like in any way just a sending Americans to die for stupid reasons or greed or whatever you want to say it was. And B, 
I mean, look, I, I guess I'm softy or whatever. Like, I don't particularly like foreigners dying for that reason either. But is that better than what we have right now? Yeah, like by a lot. But you can't go back to that because that by definition was a narrower definition of liberty than we have today. And that's like the whole Dugan thing from, you know, the fourth political theory is like that ever expanding definition of liberty is sort of circular and that it swings back around to where as the liberty definition expands it by definition it means shrinking other people's liberty right yeah. like and that's where we are now right in other words like your child doesn't want you know your you as a parent can't like say anything about what your child is indoctrinated in because that is impeding on the liberty of perverts basically right like that that's <laughs> that's where we're at like i think he's very right about that and i think that's why like you can't do it like we like in his book right the fourth political theory is eurasianism because he's writing for russian people and that's we're we're not in russia but there, there. The only way this ends for us is there has to be some uniquely American. Yeah, it, it will have unique American characteristics that are tied to the inherent character of America and the way it was founded, etc. But where it will be have to be different from the first two hundred years of our history is like it won't be liberal. There's no other option. You follow what I mean? Otherwise, yeah. we're just gonna stay on the the path we're on forever. One of my, uh, there's a great Zizek speech where he's sort of, uh, trying to, um, you know, his thing is, I guess he's, uh, he's on the left and he's f fighting with like the left liberal and he's sort of le less left liberal, more Stalinian and stuff. And he was making an argument like why that they need to chill out on, freedom and liberty being virtues now the, you know the obvious thing here well anyways he says he says the problem with making this a virtue for left just like the reason the problem with making this specifically left, like trying to trust that, that this will remain with left is that this can mean a lot of different things like um and he gives the example that the cossacks uh demanded the freedom to beat their wives <laughs> and that was a that was a liberty issue to them that was part of their culture. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, anyways, these, this word it can it can mean a lot of things. I think of course, I think it certainly does mean specific things in America. It means things like guns. It means about like how much it's worth to fuck with you as a, as a, as a citizen. Like, um, you know, there's a lot of cultures that sort of were like nagging people is kind of accept like it's accepted. And it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you see, they have these cultures where like if you're pissed off at somebody you go sit on their doorstep. You ever heard this? Yeah. Well, you know, that, that's not like, that's not our culture. We wouldn't have, it, it that. used to be that we have, we have people who do that now. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't until very recently. Yeah. Another thing, like, here's an example. Uh, the thing that's not bad at all. Uh, uh, Italians, part of their culture is they're, they're um they're tight they they, they um they don't have you, they, you you stand close to people you know what i'm saying brandon can you confirm this yeah it's a thing personal <laughs> space right. uh yeah well i mean that's that's kind of like a it's not a big deal but that's certainly not not uh that's certainly not not an american thing um but yeah i i don't know there's just 
that's good stuff. Okay, let me oh, before we before we go. This this is a great segue, and this is not a, an important thing, but it, it really flows right into what you're talking about. There was an article in the Nation magazine, which has always been a very progressive magazine, but I, in the past, maybe I'm wrong. The Nation didn't like have uh, literal communists writing op-eds, right? Like they might have been communists secretly, but they weren't admitted communists, right? We looked at this. When is this? Uh, a couple days ago. I mean, so when you're you're talking about in history, were there communists writing stuff? Uh, oh yeah, I mean, in the past, yeah, there were a lot of people who were like communists, but they didn't admit to being communists. You yeah, know what we saying? we looked uh, at this. Sorry. I mean, it it was an abolitionist newspaper founded in eighteen the eighteen sixties. So I would have to assume communism has been in the DNA. Yeah. But the, the well, difference here oh, sorry, is this. real quick. We, we we looked at this in terms of Huey Long because um, communists and libs hated like um, libs would the communists couldn't get in in the mainstream journals, but they would sort of hand off stuff to each other to libs. Right. You, you would still be considered. You, you can't make to the, the upper echelon if you were a communist. Yeah. My my point wasn't like that was the first time a socialist ever written some of the nations. Like. This is the first time I, I can remember in modern times seeing this. But, you know, I don't read the nation, so I could be wrong. Anyway, here's the article's headline. America's suburbs are breeding grounds for fascism. Hate against trans people is rising, but the suburbs are what gives this hate its fervor and popularity. Uh, here, <laughs> let, me, let, me read you, let me read you the big beats of this, and it, it's, it's exactly what you think it would be. The suburban doctrine dictates that public space be limited and conflict-free where it exists. That mm-hmm. private space serve only as a place of commodity exchange. Well, that's more typical Marxist. That surveillance, hyper-individualism, and constant vigilance are good and normal and keep people safe. It is an ideology that extends beyond the suburbs. It affects everything. So what he's saying here is it, the suburbs think that you uh, public the public square should be demarcated. Most things should be private. It should be conflict-free which is apparently a bad thing to him. Well, we know what that means. You, you, I should be allowed to go beat, beat you in the streets and stuff like that. And here's the, here's the end of the end, uh, this article. The anti-trans panic at the center of the target controversy says something dark about American politics, but it says something even darker about the American landscape, about the places and the way we choose to live. Without a massive reorganization of American life, Away from privatization, car centrism, and hyper individualism, it's likely the suburban ideology will remain popular and even grow. So what he's saying is, if we allow people to choose to live the way that Americans and the suburb, forget this word suburbs. It's 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 nothing to do with what he's talking about. He gives away the game at the end. Like he's talking about the uh, the way. Like when I say American way of life, I don't mean like. Apple pie and baseball, like literally the way you or like we organized our our society and we organized ourselves for hundreds or thousands of years before that, has to be destroyed through the force of law. Like men with guns have to stop people from doing this because if they don't, people more and more people will choose to live like this because they prefer it. You have to take away their cars. You have to force them to, you know, have tenements everywhere. You cannot allow this to go on because this is like the kulaks here are getting are yeah. off a miasma of freedom that, that is going to screw up our project if we don't do something about it. Well, so in, in terms of that, well, he, I mean, he's absolutely right. So this is, yeah. we, we saw this, this is the, pro, this is the issue that, um, 
that uh, Chairman Mao was was looking at. I mean, so you know, the problem was that Chinese people didn't want to, you know, they, they wanted to live a certain way. Uh, you know, and I think that he flipped back and forth. Like he started out by moving people from the cities to the rural, and then he started moving them from rural to city. Uh, whereas in Soviet Russia, it was all forcing you into the city. Uh, but and like they had to kill, I don't know how many millions of people in 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 China. I mean, I, I'm sure if I give a number, um, I'll get in trouble. But there's somebody else on this uh, people on the show, so uh, 80 million. Uh, they they had to kill a zillion. But you know, it, they got what they wanted. Uh, and he's right. If you if they kill like half the kulaks you know um we we would we would uh we would be going to the shake shack yeah i mean if you if you destroy people and forcibly convert them to your way of life and your religion you, that that's one way of doing it there's the other way like there and you see this in in like the near east a lot they weren't necessarily always like doing it that way you would sometimes you would just like you just throw a tax on on people of the other religion and eventually over time people will slowly just convert to, to your to your way because living there like it's it's easier to live there you know as a muslim or as a christian than it would be in the other way that's one way to do it the other way is you you go giga uh adolf on people and destroy and destroy them and force them to them. yeah and i mean they're doing the tax thing right now kind of right like if you don't subscribe to their belief system like there's certain jobs you can't have schools you can't go to you know what i mean right. things like that they're doing exactly. a version of that i do i do want to jump back though for one uh i guess historical uh context here so the nation i don't think it's just totally out of character for them because in the just a few things i pulled up quickly here in the 50s they were banned from schools for being pro-soviet in their foreign policy coverage um, they tried to merge with the new Republic, but they were actually didn't work cause they were too far left at that time. <laughs> so I, I don't think it was too, I don't think it's just too far out of character for them. So, you know, I don't know. I don't read, I mean, this article honestly seems to me like warmed over crap that you could have yeah. read in the 1960s. So I don't, the ideas here, like, you know, I guess my point is like, I don't, put much stock in the idea that it's being said out loud in the nation in quite this way. You know what I mean? Mm, fair enough. I do a little bit. I mean, I'm trying to think. See, I, was I like watching. it because they're just saying they're they're This person is, is not smart enough to avoid just saying what you're, you know, you really probably shouldn't say this out loud. I guess maybe at some point you do. You, if you went for a rallying crowd, like it's time to destroy these people, you have to. But like, I, I feel like this is a, per, a sign of a person who's not smart enough to know you shouldn't say that. But maybe the, I'm wrong about that. It does do things for people to exchange exchange ideas, radical ideas, among each other, and read it in read it in authoritative newspapers. Like yeah. like there like there are things that libs. Uh, don't want us to talk about amongst each other. Why they hate Trump because he did that. He 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 put a slap the sigil of authority on ideas that you're not allowed to to have. Curtis Yarvin said that if you had next door the app with no mod mods, that you would you would have a uh, you would have a fascist revolution in yeah. like weeks. Uh, I mean, I don't know. If that's that's sort of pushing it, but uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This this is this is. 
you know, this is genocidal rhetoric. Uh, but you know, what's new in America? Yeah, you know? and I just will note before we go, uh, Nico says the suburbs were, you know, social engineering. It was, this is not a conservative thing. I agree. I don't care about the suburbs, but th- that's not really the point of, of his article. Wait, the things he's describing aren't inherent to the suburbs. If anything, it, all that stuff applies far more to like rural people than it does to, to people well, living in the suburbs. You should, I mean, you would be surprised. I mean, so. You know, I don't know if people, um, so, you know, Austin, Texas is libtard central, right? Yeah. They get, I mean, you, everybody there is, is, you know, gay driving an extra car. Um, just, you know, the gayest place on earth. I don't know, man. Like I would, I would like for you, I would like for you, or I don't know, but I would like to show people a place like Lockhart. So Lockhart is a little, it's a, it's. It's I don't know it's a suburb but it's not like um it's the country man everybody in Lockhart has like horses they you know they uh right but they, that's that's not the point that like the suburbs but the point is like these things, the suburbs were were not created by like the suburbs were not created for based purposes or whatever the, but that doesn't matter because, like, the things they're com- when they complain about the suburbs, they're not complaining about the suburbs. They're complaining about like white people and living like an American. Yeah, but but I mean, stick with me a second. So you know, you can and and so my my favorite guy at work in, in Austin, you know, he was just like, you know, he was the perfect Southern guy. He he rode rodeo when he was younger. He was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. Um. He's uh, he has his own like little plant for uh, for processing meat, making sausages, big time chef, pastor of his church, um, you know, pilot, uh, cowboy, just just peak guy. Uh, I want to come back to it later, but, um, you know, he lived in Lockhart. And so Lockhart is it's as a southern place as you can imagine. But the thing about Lockhart is he gets in his truck. And goes 70 miles an hour and he gets paid in Austin. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I have nothing against the suburbs. So he's living in Mayberry and he's getting paid in in Austin. And they don't like that shit. Sure. And I think that's a good thing. Well, yeah. There's a lot of people that they like, you know, his thing is that he wanted to be like, um, uh, he didn't need to work, but he, but he wanted a, a job as a helicopter pilot. And, you know, you can't get a job as a helicopter pilot in the sticks, but he can get a job as a helicopter pilot in Austin. And I don't know. He just had a really great life out for himself, uh, because of the suburbs. Now I know a lot, like so, these terms are weird because they, you know, they mean it out anyway. <laughs> I, I want I want to go back to like, so the thing about like, you look at this guy's life and you're like, man, this is awesome. I was thinking about you, by the way, I, you know, I got blocked by, um, Hanania yesterday. Yeah. I imagine after what you said, you would. <laughs> Yeah, he's got this thing, and man, he like I've I watched an episode of his podcast, and like whenever he's talking about the chuds, he gets this like you can tell that he gets like um he gets excited, he gets his heart rate up. It's it's like um it's like what it feels like for a good old boy to talk shit about Bud Light or something. He gets like a special feeling when he gets to say one of these things, and you know he, what he'll say is like um he'll say like oh I think white people are the best only urban whites stuff like that i don't know it's kind of weird um 
he's got this thing and that's what so his thing is yo oh yeah and what he said was he showed one of these shirts that's that was like um i'm an american patriot shirt and he said like whoever whoever i I, whoever wears these shirts are stupid or something like that right which by the way i mean you know you'd be surprised about you know the priorities that people have in their life you know what i mean yeah uh like these people could be doing a lot better than you because of different priorities but like um so what he so uh he's got this thing so he says well whites i don't like white people but i like urban white people so like white people that live in manhattan are they're they're rich they're brilliant they're skinny um they've got like whereas if you go to the suburbs or rural areas they're not these things yeah, he has this, and someone else pointed it out before me, that he has this very Richard Spencer type thing where he worships power and beauty and stuff. Like, I don't mean like power, like like truth and beauty, but like, you know, the he, he loves these people. And it's funny because like, in both cases, they don't, they're not people who embody these, these virtues in themselves, which is, which is, I think, funny. Yeah. He, Richard Hanini, like all the stuff that Richard Hanini says about these people, none of it applies to him. If you, you, you can just, sorry, it's just true. Yeah. He like the, the idea is that he's like a dark Nietzschean, right? Right. So like, if you, if you may, like who, who's the, the transportation secretary, Buttigieg. like a Buddha judge, there's, there's a conspiracy theory that he's fake gay, that he says yeah. he's gay to advance his career. That would be like good for you. under like Hanania's, uh, you know, like dark, uh, you know, getting ahead of her. But anyways, um, so like the thing is, there's not very many white people in Manhattan, like as a percentage, like it's there, there's uh yes. Like, of course that like, um, yeah, I'm sure the man, like whoever runs like Citibank or something, uh, he lives in Manhattan. Uh, he, he's got to, that's, you know, that's, that's the big city, the central thing. And, and so if you, you know, when you look, look at that, you know, you don't see any poor white people, Manhattan, what would they, what would they be doing? Uh, you know, the, 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 there's no poor white people selling, uh, uh, you know, fake purses on 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 Canal Street. But the thing is, like, there is, but yeah, but there's a lot of white people in in the suburbs and in the rural areas. And I think these people would be surprised of how awesome of a life that they that many of these people have. You know what I'm saying? They're cool. They're just cool. guys like him and and Spencer. They're courtiers. They're flattering the people. They're they're flattering their patrons by saying these things. It has no bearing on reality. Yeah, Spencer said today that because Spencer's big thing is that Christians are bad too. Like mm-hmm. uh, he did a thing. He did a whole little one of his many bits about that today. Yeah, it's just that's just that's yeah. what they do. If he was if he was in like you know five. Uh, 5 BC Rome, he would say, all these these drooling retards going to the Church of Jupiter are are terrible. Um, yeah, uh, you know the other theory on him is that he like he literally has to be this way, or the or because part of his yeah, as part of his uh, uh uh thing. But yeah, I don't know. Like the thing is, like what you can do, pretty damn awesome. I mean, in my opinion, better in in the in the the these places. What you can't get is like. I don't think like you. Do you think you could get ketamine where you live? I don't know. Probably I don't know. Maybe, but probably not. I would just say probably not. Probably not where I live, except for 
they're, they now, I can't imagine this is good. They have legal clinics for this now for like veterans with PTSD. I know like one, I, there's one that I drive by sometimes. And depression. Some, they treat some forms of depression with it. Yeah. 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 Now, you, now in New York, you get that anywhere. You know, and, but the thing is like, like where you live, Fredo, can't get ketamine. There are people that are living awesome lives. They got shit together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. And I mean, I don't know. These people never count into their, you know, they're dodging like, a, it's just, they just have to think about what a day is in the life of these people. I don't it know. matter. They're, they're just talk, they're talking to their patrons. It's got nothing to do with reality or anything like that. And if, if it was 2003, he would be talking about how great Red America was because he'd be getting, he'd be getting patronage from them and stuff. It's just, it's, it's nothing to do with reality. I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I don't know anybody that's had to beg on, on GoFundMe's for rent money. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Like that, I don't. Like, there are a lot of things I would do before I put up a GoFundMe before I could pay for rent. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's weird. Either, that, stuff, that stuff's weird. For, weird to me. Like, I, it's not weird. To, there are situations like where I get it. Like where I like actually extremely sympathetic people are on. GoFundMe, but like these things that are just like, oh, like I'm just a young single woman in Manhattan that can't, you know, like that's weird. Yeah, I mean, it looks like that if you live in New York, you you probably need that kind of thing to keep you your rent paid. It's very expensive there. You know, by the way, I don't have a college degree. People know how much our Patreon money is. That's a lot of money to me. Yeah. You guys are do the math there. I can goes a long way where I live. Okay, so you, so you know that stuff. I can see the ocean from where I'm sitting right now. Uh, on my way home, to, I saw bad bitches in bikinis. That, like, that's just normal. And I, I'm not talking about uh, somebody spazzing out on, on the subway. You know what I mean? Rich I'm talking, people, I'm talking about good-looking women in bikinis. Rich people travel from like all across the East Coast to come to where I live and look at it because it's so beautiful. Just yeah. saying. Just a, little, just a little flex. Just, you know, they come here to, and pay money to, to you know. Yeah, give us money to, to chill out here for a, for a while. You know, I think that there's a perception among these, these sort of like elite that like um, we're just sort of I don't know this sort of proletarian begging. We could never imagine life like they live. Like I can kind of imagine it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, I could live there if I wanted. To. Yeah, you could. Like I mean, you definitely I, could. Yeah, I was gonna say like I definitely could. It's the least appealing thing in the world to me i live in a place very similar to Bob. if i if i know is the ultimate example of this it, it, it you know. has convinced people that lived in new york to live outside of new york and, and by the way any of these, we have plenty of listeners in new york city and if i if i talk to you i've tried to convince you like i literally do think it's <laughs> it's it's better uh, wherever anyway. you live you should you should you should feel that you should be chauvinistic about it. you should think if you're a new yorker you should believe the big apple is the best place in the world baby and we should believe the South is the best place in the world. Just no, but okay, I'm going to challenge you on this with one change. Like, it's fine to think that about New York if you're, I guess, from I mean, I hate it there, but like if you're from there or something like that, yeah. or you're doing the traditional New York thing or whatever. If you're an obese if, Italian with a, with a handlebar mustache. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But like, it's, it's not okay if you're doing it because you're from like, I don't know, like they're all from like Illinois and Ohio and weird places like that. But like, like I, not those places are not weird, but I just mean weird that they end up in New York. 
And it's like, they're like, just, it just amalgamates the worst people in the world. And the reasons they like New York are just because of its lack of place, not yep. because of like its uniqueness as a place. In other words, I have everything at my fingertips here. I have like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, that kind of thing. That's actually stupid. I don't think Mr. Hanania is from Illinois. They're definitely they're, not from New York either. There, there is exceptions. I have a family. I have a family member that works in the entertainment business, and like, they they don't live in these cities, and they had an opportunity to move up big time in New York City. I thought they should have done it. You know what I mean? That's where the studio is. That's where like that was that. You know, not everybody needs to be there. In my opinion, they should have been there, but they didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I like there's two sides to that. Like I, like I respect that opinion on the other end. Like I wouldn't have like, you know, like I've had opportunities to do things like that and I would just never do it. It's just not, not worth it to me. But like, I understand why it would be to certain other people. Yeah. Merrick, you got You got to split, don't you? Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming out, everybody. I think it was a good show. Should be up for, for, for free pretty soon. Should be up on Spotify and all that stuff. So, if you're listening for free, please check us out. Check out our Patreon. Like we got, we get a lot of stuff in there that's subscriber only. Every Malcolm Shayun episode, subscriber only, and a lot of the other, and you know the X Files episodes. So, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Making their way the only way they know how. Let's just.